Welcome to Copacetic Health, a family-friendly educational podcast focusing on health literacy as a global community. Welcome. Welcome, friend. I'm so glad you're here. As we continue our quest for health wealth, this week we expand to fold in additional considerations on the social, called commercial, determinants of health. But before we throw anything down as currency, remember what Emerson deduced not too long ago in history. Health is the first wealth, meaning as healthy as we can be is the worthiest kind of wealthy to be. But first, I'll share a story. I was in a public place, being an everyday person. A lady and I were speaking. She gently grabbed my hand, as concerned mothers do. With worried eyes, she pleaded, My son's being bullied. What should I do? I advise to let the school know so that a pool of resources and support could manifest and grow. She looked down when I suggested it, as if to say with dismay, Come on, I've already done it. I was alarmed by her despair. I was a complete stranger She didn't need to share, and I don't pretend to have any answers. Answers these days are rare. But are we asking the right questions, or are we collectively reacting with fear? I ask with investigational scrutiny. In the age of misinformation and social media, Don't we have any collective immunity? A while back, we discussed bullies at work in supervisor-destroyer form. When we were getting into the importance of healthy and our economic security, which includes social and community. Bullying on the real third rock that used to occur offline now happens virtually mostly online. As humans, we require not only nutritious food, but the domain called social and community. Food for the soul. This podcast was conceived with health literacy in mind. Like you, my family and community are just trying to make it through the daily grind and to gently remind in this combined rewind. Situations still among the critical are the negative aspects of the digital umbilical. This health troubadour won't trivialize. The supply chain management has caught up to us like flies. Industry spawned and yarned from AI the thing called social media. Some questions should persist. 
the click block cul-de-sac. Is it social? Is it community? And is there any immunity? Well, I can share a thing or two as someone who has worked with a siliconed few. They're indeed smart people, but a programmer you see is like a racehorse forced to wear blinders so they can write the code that they're hired to write quickly. I know this because I've worked with a few. I found stuff the programmers couldn't see. It's among the things my supervisors hired me to be because not everyone can see the forest for the trees. Even though I wasn't one of the ones with the comp sci degrees, but back in the day, I took Pascal. That language is tedious, not coder expeditious. But what the computer scientists' blinders or arrogant ignorance couldn't see was that we second language scholars are code switchers too. Interdisciplinary, interprofessionally, indubitably. But as far as you and me, as everyday persons concerned about families and communities, what was all that calamity on Capitol Hill recently when one among the beyond, beyond wealthy was called by lawmakers, the decision makers to give testimony. Uh, does this count as his secondary or tertiary? On the same subject matter, his ill-run multi-billion dollar company? Dear friend, I'm no politico, but it all made me sick, you know? The poor performance, the mockery of everyday people's tragedies. Did everyone forget the CEO who took a bow and said sorry because the cameras were on or whatever he was thinking in the now? The facts, lest we forget. He's a dropout, evidence that he couldn't finish that. Never known for his coding, he couldn't do that either. Who, like the myth of Narcissus, fell too hard for his own reflection, a man who's never invented anything that didn't require a ride on the back of another technology host. He's not a creator, inventor, or even an originator the one who takes egregious license for starting nothing but a website, a beauty pageant while in college, for him and his to rank and rate as fake friends. Doesn't that say enough about him as a so-called friend? Dear friend? The one who time and time again sold users' privacy and wasn't exactly straight up uh, about what his company was doing with users' data. So does this make me the bull in a fine porcelain shop? If I say no, wait, please stop. Because as a health scientist, my style isn't to go viral. 
because in health, viral means a spreading sting. And unlike him, I'm not trying to get you to subscribe. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Among the rather dim lawmakers' lights, trying to get themselves again into the spotlight, as if that's the hub of any intellectual enlightenment. So why doesn't this one follow his former business partner's best advice, the one who wrote a catchy book title about doing the hard work, you know, industry, and yet neither one could even lean in on their own company? And where is she? Once they've plundered and destroyed a family, a town, or another company, don't they move on to some other space on the GPS in some other country to tell yet another group of people how it should be when they didn't demonstrate proper guardianship over their own multi-billion dollar company. Uh, don't we have a word for that? Ah, yes, we do. Hypocrisy. And I'm not the only one with the same questions, respectfully. Would anyone be asking them if they weren't among the richest of riches among them? But again, check me on what we were taught in school. Business models with the board of directors of one, where no one in the company has any say, wouldn't pass the mustard in a biz management 101 class in mine or back in any other day. By the way, this guy's company recently donated some money for some computer equipment in a school district right here in the valley. When I saw the dollar amount and considered the echelon of his bottom line count, it was paltry. It was a joke. He did it for the likes, for cred, for socially conscious gallantry. But his lack of oversight about the industry has real impact on everyday people like you and me. Not real places, but virtual spaces that individually and as societies we have to navigate every day. One rhymes with click block owned by a company that rhymes with fight pants, controlled by a regime that could care less about health or human rights. They paid programmers from everywhere a lot of money, so they too could launch algorithms at your family and community. It's nothing but a clicky kind of cul-de-sac, a carousel of content, because a programmer's intent is not necessarily dissent. It's to point your attention to the same sort of things it had you clicking and tapping on yesterday again and again. Once we click and click again, then another tap turns on. The rep, 
as in repetitious, wrapped up in the algorithm. That's the hook, the thing, that makes us want to click or tap that link again. Because it's feeding our tailored tastes and chain-linking our particular types of hunger to a mindless time waste, especially with our younger. It's internet junk food, plied with superficial satiation, not satisfaction, gratification, or useful or accurate information. And no one needs to take a Knievel kind of leap to comprehend that when people don't stop and think before they build a thing, the fallout no one could have imagined turns it all upside down and makes it really stink. Look at all the social conflict and low self-esteem proliferated, or have we been bought hook, line, and sinker so we just accept it rather than tap delete it? On the click block, adults and children alike are advertising and selling their hearts and bodies out to nobody for the likes. I ask again, is it social? Is it community? Is there any probability of immunity from such collective virtually viral calamity? Or has the so-called click block made us all willing prisoners of the same brainwashed room? We don't like talking about mob mentality in ourselves, especially in our children. But the evidence suggests it causes low self-esteem and incites violence among them. It's the same virtual space that encouraged adults to storm and vandalize public buildings, stock and docks, public officials, and their families too, as well as openly challenge children to destroy schools and slap their teachers too. And don't say it doesn't hurt them. It's just the mischief that some kids will do. Because I'm there in real time when adolescents use phone as assault devices at school. No offense, Mom and Dad. As a parent, I'm on your side. But if your child takes a cell phone to school through peer pressure or because they're young, that's probably what they're doing, too. The click block challenge is, well, that's data collection on everyone's children. Well before the first bell, if no one could tell. Our brains can handle duality, plurality, even complexity, but through lack, slack, or indifferent AI, shouldn't we be justifiably sus with a principal investigator's bullseye? Dear listener, so I remain on point with navigation, it's time to take a break, so I don't overspill with continuing consternation. Stay tuned. I'll be right back.
fervor, we continue our is-it-social-is-it-community discussion. This isn't just for kids. Adults are prime targets for such derision about posted and published reflection. It's not just a problem in the urban, suburban, less populated, or rural. The AI billionaires have skin in the game. They create side organizations that resemble humanitarian. But look closer at the side hustles, self-declared as socially conscious. Because a for-profit organization, at least in the U.S., is the only way to legally raise political swing and sway. And don't start with fascist or Marxist rhetoric, okay? There's just not enough robust or healthy competition to call it quid pro quo or even good faith business play. And by the way, no one currently making educational policy decisions or trying to curb resulting community derisions over book banning behavior and baloney teacher accusations, none of them None have been in a classroom in this century or the last longer than it took to get a group selfie taken to post, publish, and broadcast fast. Dear friend, let me gently school you. Remember during the most recent of history's pandemics when a lot of doctors, nurses, and healthcare workers were infected? They called upon those retired, with licenses currently accredited. That's how the U.S. education system is run, with certified reinforcements like yours truly. I, too, am one. And our never-talked-about portion of the underpaid gig economy distortion is one to be tackled in another episode, but in the meantime... Please conduct the research necessary to locate who hires guest teachers in your school district. Do they have livable wages? Who shares profits from the pay? Because if it's a private educational company, there are taxpayer dollars involved. That means it's everyday people's money. Dear listener, You might just want to check that out. If you think guest teachers don't count, oh yes, they do. Guest teachers' names are among the school violence statistics, too. I may be a l'enfant terrible, a snide bat with a glitch, for the snitcher who tried to rebrand himself by renaming his platform to that other twit site, formerly known as Bitter. But what would some philosophes, especially the existentialists, say about all this? There have been many plays written that have to do with all of it, trapping yourself in a room with the others will only skew the very view only you can have of you. The ones who called themselves de Beauvoir and Sartre would say, Mais faites attention, 
dear hearts, we're tearing each other apart. By the way, how many lawmakers posted clickbait to the very same platforms they portend to investigate? Is it any wonder why our adolescents and young adults respect elders no longer? Parents, not to cast judgment, because if I still had little ones, I wouldn't be sure about what to do. But let's be honest, Ma and Pa, a lot of you are auto-drawn to the click block review. Uploading short content and loving the likes you get too. Dear friend, all your best wishes and worst fears went in to the algorithm that facilitated and created that pop-up too, just for you. It sounds as if we don't stand a chance against this stuff. But because human beings built the thing, we can remedy it too. Or is it something else we lack? For example, the will to delete profiles? What would happen if we collectively deleted profiles? Especially on the more parasitic platform strains, that have to ride the backs of other network pings. We have future steel jaw traps that will be continuous if we don't pay attention, if we fail to keep asking the right questions, if we continue to accept the incredulous while healthcare forges on every day despite the delicate precipice of what the COVID pandemic reminded us Much of what the schools went through in tandem has been too easily forgotten. No one wants to face or speak of it, but the health sciences are relevant and important. Not too long ago in history, literacy was considered fundamental until some misguided and greedy people published a bunch of bunk and sold nonsense curricula to the politica. Now we have generations who can't write, and more who can't, don't, or won't read. I'm not trying to sell you anything. This health scientist pleads, teachers aren't respected and are often accused of conspiracies beyond the corrupted, such as covert recruitment, and casting spells. But teachers don't have time to be such dramatists. They're trying to win over the other hypnotists, the apps on the kids' phones. Teachers don't stand a chance. Like junk food, they offer cheap doses of instant satisfaction. The same redundant dopamine kick to the brain. The click block is always open, but it keeps brains restricted. No new neuropathways and attention spans will be tested and a never-ending treadmill that's super cloistered. 
that will continue to make a lot of smart people a lot of money. But will society be social? Will community be communal? Or will it be on the same click block, chock full of social conflict? When exactly does society decide to snap out of it? Oh, it's not that bad. It's just a phase. We'll grow out of it. Dear listener, such platitudes are false equivalencies, followed up with straight-up fallacies. The click block reduces the world to things as strictly metaphorically as black or white. In other words, if things are this, then they can never be that. And truthfully, that paradigm's never worked. That's never been where it's at. But no one thinks and no one communicates or socializes anymore. Absolutely everything launches a mob attack. Students these days are taught not to listen to teachers or elders or who they ought. It's the algorithms that have the full attention by cheap imitation, the overly hyped and popularized, based on the number of times it's been liked, gone viral, and been publicized. Dear friend, all those apps... What are they so apt at making us do? We remain unique individuals, but the almighty algorithm can't nourish us as multifaceted gems. The domain of social and community is on a completely different stage than in any other age. Unhealthily programmed appetites is what we feed on, and dish to each other so true. Is it any wonder we have an unprecedented mental health crisis among the other chronic and burdensome health challenges too? The goal of this podcast was a health forum. I've said it before. In a world of cheaply made bargains, The social and commercial determinants of health are not jargon. Let's continue our questions with further conversations. This is Dr. B wishing you bon appétit with only the healthiest of social and community. I look forward to exploring more with you, friend. Copacetically. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Ciao for now.